If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Welcome to the December 11th PFF forecast. I'm George. Uh, as usual, we're going to hit Brad and Ben Brown up for the first segment of the Sunday night show. We're going to talk about uh, quarterbacks that no one expected to be talking about after week 14. They are uh, Jared Goff and Brock Purdy the answer. We'll talk a little maybe to uh, and, uh, and Herbert as well. Um, and uh, a team not currently in the playoffs that we think will make the playoffs as well. And then we're going to bring Arjun back in after he decompresses from the Chargers uh, boner that he's currently popped. And we'll talk to him about the week 15 lines. We'll guess them and we'll pick our favorite bets. Let's rock. I wasn't sure if I was going to say that. I was like, should I say this? And I was like, yeah, whatever. Screw it. Uh, welcome to uh, the Sunday night PFF forecast, members of the printing press. Hopefully um, all of you listened last week, but didn't listen to us about the Chargers. If you did, then you're in good shape. Because <laughs> uh, everything else I think was was fairly on point. Maybe the Titans, not so great. But um, the, uh, the interesting thing that I was looking at from a math perspective, and maybe you guys can help me out on this, is if you have zero throws worthy of being posted on social media, what does that mean for your team? Like, is that a, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? I'm trying to figure that out. We were talking a lot about how social media throws are like not great. Justin Herbert had a few. Um, I think he put that, uh, that noise to rest. Um, how are you fellas doing? How did, um, how did your weeks turn out, Brad and Ben? Yeah, feeling great. Uh, Tua today, if you take out the touchdown to Tyreek Hill, which almost is, was almost entirely Tyreek Hill, he was 6 of 24 for 64 yards. Uh, that, that doesn't play on social media or anywhere else. Not not the greatest stat line there. Uh, doing okay only because Vikings-Lions over saved me this week, as it has a few times before. Both these teams, I mean, we talk a lot about Detroit. Minnesota has a bottom five defense in the NFL, and they have been an automatic over bet. Uh, killed us in the backdoor tease leg with that field goal, but the over was was the biggest play of the weekend for me, so that, that was nice. Yeah, I would say I, I think Tua's one throw to Tyreek Hill where he like didn't see it and, and, and like couldn't find it on, in the lights or whatever that was. I think that was a social media throw or whatever. Mm. I thought that was pretty good. That was maybe his best throw all night, but yeah, I'm 
I'm uh I was kind of with Brad. I think if I was looking at simply my win-loss record, it would have been uh pretty sparkling. I went like nine and one on props or something like that. But my three biggest positions were uh unfortunately the Vikings uh against the spread, uh-huh. the Buccaneers against the spread, which was never which was never close. And then I did have a bunch of early dolphins at minus one and a half. And then I did buy in some more at minus three. And that was not the correct play either. So I think like from a, from a win loss record, I did pretty well, but overall units won. Uh, it was a bloodbath in the streets. I would say for me, <laughs> like not picking out uh, the correct spots. I would say to pound in week 14, unfortunately. Um, you know, the luckily last uh, Sunday night, I, placed the majority of the bets that I placed all week had like a really busy week that I would say that's the one benefit of doing this on Sunday night is like I just get some money down immediately and I'm like okay I don't really need to worry about things because we ended up with um I had a lot on the Baltimore Kansas City uh teaser that we talked about last week and it was crazy because I'm watching the Baltimore game and like Tyler Huntley goes out I'm like here we go because Minnesota not being able to cover the teaser I mean, an absolute, an absolute disgrace. Let's talk about that a little bit because um, there's some good questions in the chat, by the way, members of the printing press who get up or uh, stay up with us. We always appreciate it. A lot of people that are interested in the quarterback data from PFF because Tua has been um, such a highly graded quarterback. Obviously, the last two weeks have not been, been solid. But a guy who has been incredibly good over the last two weeks, and I think this is um, – well worth a a conversation is Jared Goff. Jared Goff traded for Matthew Stafford. They sent a first round pick, the Los Angeles Rams did, with Jared Goff because he was so bad. Um, You look at that now, you look at the Detroit Lions, they're six and seven. They are um, basically a game in the win column outside of the playoffs. They are playing incredibly well. Their offense is, is unstoppable. They just got Jameson Williams back. Should the Detroit Lions re-rack with Jared Goff? Is that the quarterback that can take them to the promise? Number one overall pick, Jared Goff. Um, let's start with you, Brad. What do you think? Yeah, so I, I will say this couples with just watching these college quarterbacks, and in my opinion, outside of Bryce Young, like I don't know if C.J. Stroud is that guy I'm taking second right. or third or fourth or fifth overall. It comes down to the uh, the Rams pick and Baker Mayfield more than their own pick at this point, obviously. But you just look at Goff in the last three weeks – uh, 8.4 yards per attempt, 1,000 passing yards, over 1,000 passing yards, seven touchdowns, no interceptions, 84 adjusted completion percentage. He now gets back. Jameson Williams, like you mentioned, we had the big touchdown today. It was a busted coverage, but just a wide-open touchdown. I think it's more the question of we're in this new era of quarterbacking where you either you want that young guy or you want to go get an Aaron Rodgers or whatever in a trade. He's kind of in that middle ground now. Or if you can pay a guy like $25 million a year, which is about mm-hmm. what he's making for the last couple of years of this deal – Unless you're in love with the prospect, I get the whole argument of like being in purgatory and kind of not letting yourself have those picks. Maybe trade down from the Rams pick this year or get creative because I just don't love this quarterback class. And look, is golf going to win them a Super Bowl? No. But as of right now with this Detroit team, I would say, all right, take another class, build around elsewhere, build the defense a little bit. And then maybe you're still bad next year. You lose some of those one-score games. Dan Campbell does some Dan Campbell things. And then you can land your quarterback. I'm just not sure he's bad enough right now to force it if you don't love the option. Yeah, I would I would actually agree with Brad. I do think that pushing out the window on making a decision on if you want to draft a rookie quarterback to like the 2024 window or even the 2025 window is, is probably the best case scenario scenario for a young 
uh, you know, Lions team that, you know, very much is going to have still, I would say, playmakers at the wide receiver position on rookie deals and, and have kind of like pushed out the veteran guys that they need offensively uh, to kind of extend out that window. So I don't mind pushing out the problem, of course, is like the draft capital and everything else. And, and if they get, you know, a, a top three or top four pick from the Los Angeles Rams trade with Matthew Stafford, like how can they how can they pivot that to not necessarily take a quarterback early on next year uh, and maybe still be up in that class in 2024 or 2025, which I do think is going to have, like Brad, the much better quarterback prospects. But I think long-term, like, I don't know if they're going to win, you know, even I would say the NFC North next year with Jared Goff at quarterback. Very much, I would say, uh, has kind of been a byproduct of the, the, the skill position players around him. I think he's like the fourth best uh, PFF passing grade over the past two weeks, but only has like 31% of his throws past the line, past the, past the stick. So mm-hmm. uh, I would say it's been too much of, you know, the yards after the catch still everything else very much dump offs to Deandre Swift, you know, uh, and, and everything else. So I, I don't think Goff is the long-term answer, but I think, you know, pushing out that decision on a young quarterback and maybe taking a guy in 2024 is, it is not a, a bad long-term approach from the Lions team building perspective i would say it's interesting because i just it's the the playbook that they're running is similar to the rams playbook I mean, they've got a lot of playmakers you saw jameson williams come back uh today um they have uh, obviously amon ross st brown has been a revelation there they have a couple of running backs who have been solid their offensive line is really solid they've accumulated a lot of talent and so I think the question is, how are you going to win with that talent, right? What's your path to trying to leverage the talent that you have to go and win a Super Bowl? And here's the tough thing for the Lions. Super Bowl hasn't been in the vocabulary for so long. So it's very, I think it's going to be very tempting. I think the Lions are going to have a really hard time looking at the end of the season and going, hey, look, we are, uh, let me check here, fourth in EPA per play, Okay. Fourth in EPA per play. Jared Goff is like 25th in PFF grade. So if you want to go in and dump it all on his lap as far as who's to, to you know responsible for that, I think you're making a big, a big leap. But the question has to be: how do you set yourself up to get a quarterback that you can win with this talent? And I, I you know, I, I'm kind of with Brad here, but I defer, you know, if you can get um a Bryce Young, I mean. I don't know how you would, but how do you set yourself up maybe for a run next year? The problem is you're, you're not going to lose enough games. So I think that's really the question. Like, could you, could you re-sign him? Um, could you maybe trade him at some point next season? Could you draft a younger guy, maybe not in the first round, see, like take a couple shots there at quarterback? It's really tough because, I mean, they've had a, a really nice offensive season thus far and probably deserve a couple more wins. Like, I think if you flip one score games, you know, they're, they're probably, uh, are they maybe winning? I think they're winning the uh, the the NFC North because the, the Vikings have been so bad. Um, and so you have an opportunity potentially to win the, win the division. Here's my, I guess, a follow-up question for you guys is, how much do you look ahead to the quarterback class after that? And how would you play it to try? I mean, everyone thinks Caleb Williams is the next Patrick Mahomes whatever you want to say there, you know, but like, how would you set yourself up potentially to be in, in the running there? Or would you just forget about it? 
I think you have to, to a degree, just just build out how you could go about that. Caleb Williams, Drake May is, is a crazy Drake prospect May's coming right. on the pike as well at North Carolina. I mean, it's not like you're going to just like build up in the tank, but it's more so just a let's not take our shot yet. Like, I still think teams should be aggressive, frankly, with the way the NFL zigs and zags, like quarterback prices might be down this offseason because mm -hmm. of how bad the trades have gone this year. It's kind of a, you know, response league. I also think it'll be interesting is if Ben Johnson gets hired somewhere else or offensive coordinator right. who was just in his bag today, the, the throw to Penny Sewell, uh, who was rumbling and stumbling and bubbling for a first down. They had the fake punt. Um, like if he leaves and becomes a head coach somewhere, does that maybe change your calculus? And that mm -hmm. will happen before free agency, before the draft. So you think of it to a degree, but I would then just think if we are going to bring someone in, just make this the best situation possible. You have a good offensive line. You have good receivers. So maybe now is the time to strike. You know, you mentioned they're on the rookie contracts and whatnot, but I just think there's also, it's tough. It's kind of this cat and mouse game of, more so, like, is uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is not an upgrade over Jared Goff. Like, like there, there's right. no – you either get Aaron Rodgers or whoever in a trade or you get a top-five pick. I don't think there's anything else that's actually a better option right now. I, I got to ask Ben this. Is it Would Kirk Cousins be an upgrade over Jared Goff? I mean, not enough to the point where I would say it's actually <laughs> worth it, right? Like, like I, I think, like – on Arjun's scale, it's probably like he's probably like maybe like 0.8 of what Kirk's actually going to provide or something like that, right? So I think it's, I mean, it's relatively close, but like, like Brad said, I mean, like you're either going veteran retreat who is trying to win one or two more Super Bowls, like with, with a window with a rookie core outside of the quarterback position, which could be an enticing option, a la, you know, Aaron Rodgers. I, I, mm -hmm. I do think Tom Brady is going to hit a reset here and probably end up in a different scenario after this year as well. But like, like outside of that, um, I'm very much inclined to push the quarterback decision out a year, given what, you know, what Brad said basically about, you know, how we're kind of evaluating the quarterback position at the, at the college football level. So unless you want to go, you know, a, a more of like a late round pick on a, and take a flyer on the guy next year, and then kind of see what you have with Jared Goff and, you know, a guy like, you know, I should probably get lambasted for saying this, but a guy like, you know, Spencer Rattler later on in the draft who has mm -hmm. at least flashed certain, you know, I would say big play potential with both, you know, the rushing ability and throwing. Uh, maybe he's a guy later on, uh, not necessarily a first round pick that you could maybe at least figure out what you have with him, you know, at quarterback and then the year after, especially if things don't go right in 2024 or 2025. Maybe you are looking at a guy, um, you know, in the top five pick that you can actually probably reset the franchise with a little bit but but like brad said like it's it's hard to see them bottoming out again with the core that their roster actually has to the point where they are going to have a top five pick in in one of those years to actually select one of those guys as well so i i i don't hate maybe the, the veteran retreat option for the for the lions maybe coming up here next year as well i think if you can convince goth you know hey we'll pay you plenty of money but like we're not going to pay you so much that the rest of the team is going to suffer let's go try and win the nfc north you know like right. let's let's go for it um i think that's the best that's the best path, path forward spencer rattler i feel like spencer rattler and dan campbell get together and, and <laughs> that would be a long like match uh, made in hell right. yeah <laughs> that doesn't strike me as a good one um but uh let, let's talk about real quick um, you mentioned Tom Brady. And um, I mean, my belief is that Brady wants to go back to San Francisco. I don't think there's, I, I feel like he really hasn't made that that big of a secret. Um, it makes so much sense. He's such a 
you know, a family guy's family's there. It's like, you know, I, I just, it feels like the thing. Brock Purdy goes out and out, you know, <laughs> whoops his ass. Um, so before we get to like the Brady talk, where would you put the Niners? Are the Niners with Brock Purdy, no Jimmy G coming back? Where are the Niners in the NFC with Brock Purdy? Dude, my take aged wonderfully from last week, by the way, when I said they might still be the best team in the conference. I'm not going to stick with that. I'm still going to. I think Jalen Hurts really is kind of stacking games at this point where I, I would trust right. him, you know, later in a playoff game. Dak still kind of gives you question marks, but they did enough today and their defense is, is pretty ferocious, but it needs to be. But like the drop off really isn't that big from Purdy to Garoppolo. Granted, the Debo Samuel injury is obviously a huge one to monitor, mm -hmm. but they're mm -hmm. just like I said last week, when you're that much better in the trenches, you add Eric Armstead in this game today who hasn't played basically the entire season. And like you didn't have that the whole year and you were already this good. I just, with how bad the NFC is, you can just bully teams so much in the trenches. I still think they're they're ahead of Minnesota. They're ahead of any. I, I think it's Dallas, Philly, and then I have the Niners still right up there with Brock Purdy. Yeah, I think the downside risk with Brock Purdy as opposed to Jimmy Garoppolo is there's very much going to be, and maybe it's not going to happen every single game, and in this particular game it actually happened where they got, um, you know, defensive uh, defensive holding penalty, so it negated the the interception. But he's very much going to have like a what the fuck throw. I would say maybe once a game, and I think we kind of saw that play out in his entire career at Iowa State as well. Like he can make a lot of throws, and he is a very accurate quarterback. But he is going to have one or two situations that could potentially turn into somewhat backbreaking type plays uh, for a 49ers offense. So that's still probably the spot that I'm, uh, you, you know, uh, projecting out a little bit here, and I do still think. You know, the, the 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 Eagles and the 49ers specifically, I think, are really good at playing, playing from ahead. Can they come back from behind? It is still probably going to be, you know, a, a question that's lingering until they actually end up doing that. So that's probably my concern with the first two teams. So even though Dallas probably had uh, way bigger of a scare against the Houston Texans this week, I still think they are uh, probably the best team in the NFC. And then I would have Eagles and 49ers very close to them. Uh, with the kind of the question remaining of how can they actually come from behind uh, and win a win a game against a team that I think matches up well against them. I can't believe I can't believe that you have the the Cowboys that, that high up. I mean, that is. Are you wearing your Cowboys shirt? Is that what you're? I wearing mean, it's right now, similar color, similar color. I don't know. Oh, I mean, I think I think they have the pieces. Uh, you know, in a lot of spots, I do think if you know their offensive line kind of gets healthy as well at the right time. Like Dak Prescott very much has these weird games like he had today where he's very much, you know, not playing all that well from a quarterback position. But I do think there's also this high end ceiling outcome uh, where he could run through and he could beat every team in the NFC. And I think that's the part that uh, is maybe at least a question mark from uh, the other two contenders in the NFC in both the Eagles and the 49ers. And I think Jalen Hurts is starting to prove that every single week, but uh, I still think the top end range for Dak uh, might just be a little bit higher than what Jalen Hurts currently offers. The the I guess your point is just as long as Dak isn't playing the worst team in the NFL right. uh, and a 17-and-a-half <laughs> point favorite, you know, it would be great. Um, the I think the Cowboys are, are firmly the third-best team uh, in the NFC. And, and here's how I'd separate the Eagles and the 49ers. If one of them is down 14, like the chances that Brock Purdy is coming back from 14 points – the chances that Brock Purdy has the ability to make throws when the game isn't a 30-point game 
just totally unknown. I mean, he had a 6.5 uh, dot today, average depth of target. Um, he did make some nice throws like down the field, but again, in a game that was just never really in question. Jalen Hurts had a really nice game today as well. And the ability for the Eagles to beat you in so many different ways, the, the Niners, especially without Debo Samuel, just don't quite have that. That said, even without Debo Samuel, the 49ers have more playmakers than the Cowboys do. Um, have a, uh, a much, much better coach. Um, and I, I think that the difference between Brock Purdy and Jimmy G is very small. It's very small. Like it probably is the fact that Jimmy G knows the playbook really well, has more confidence, probably going to make a few more throws on third down. Like he's just, he's just probably more clutch than Brock Purdy, which isn't a lot at the end of the day. Um, and so, so I would have the 49ers uh, firmly, firmly in second there. And I think we're going to see um, what the market, how the market feels, because they're playing on on Thursday night against Seattle. Of course, Seattle did not look good um, today either. Okay, let's do this. Um, let's uh, let's pick a team because the the playoffs are starting to get interesting. Let's each pick a team that is not currently in the playoffs that we think will be in the playoffs uh, when it's all said and done. Brad, we'll start with you. Yep, I'm going with your New York Jets. So I don't know if you guys watched the game closely today. Mike White made a bunch of very nice throws, not just checkdowns, not just dump it off to whoever. Like stand in the pocket, get it took two of the biggest hit hits I think I've seen any quarterback take the entire season and delivered a strike to Garrett Wilson on one of them. Um, Quinn Williams did get hurt, but it's a calf injury. Hopefully he's back. But the rest of their ske- schedule, they have Detroit at home, Jacksonville at home, at Seattle, at Miami. They're currently seven and six. I think they're a legit team. I'm a Mike White believer. And again, we're joking, but he's better than Zach Wilson. So you're upgrading your quarterback going into the last month of the season. I think he'll be fine. He'll stay healthy. I know his stat line and you know the game, the score didn't look good today, but he honestly made a bunch of nice throws. Um, I'm buying the Jets sneaking in the, the bottom of the AFC playoff picture. So I'll go with the team that we saw most recently. And I it's partially because I do think quarterback play, especially high-end quarterback play, definitely matters. But the charges we had getting in 51% of the time with a win here on Sunday night football. They did do that. And I see zero losses on the rest of their schedule. I think they're going to beat a Titans team that is very much, uh, I, I would say somewhat in a free fall here next week. Uh, and then they have the Colts, they have the Rams at home, and then they have the Broncos on the road. And I think that all four of those going to be victories. They might need just a little bit of help to get in. But uh, I think with what we saw from Justin Herbert, even, you know, Outside of the fact that he did have his wide receiver unit back, like very much, I would say, dealing with, you know, a ton of quick pressure type situations and the fact that they don't throw the ball further than, you know, 10 yards past the line of scrimmage and conceivably be any, you know, situation. Uh, I still think the Chargers are going to get in. I think they're going to be a really tough out uh, if they end up doing that. And I think we kind of saw that here, you know, uh, uh, coming out of Sunday Night Football. All right. I'm the only one with the balls to say it. It's the Detroit Lions. Here's the Detroit Lions last four games at the New York Jets. Now you mentioned Mike White. Mike White might have three ribs that aren't broken. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. That dude took hits. Like it, I can't imagine that he's going to be able to like how he throws a football this week. I do not know. They then play Carolina, despite the fact that Carolina beat the Seahawks today. Let's not like, pretend that by that time Sam Donald will be complete pumpkin. They then play at home against the Bears. Now Bears obviously a spunky team, but this is not they're not playing the Bills. 
And then they close out the year at Green Bay, which normally would be a really tough game. But there's a good, very, very, very good chance that that is Jordan Love, right? In a game where he might be playing for his future with the team, in which case there's a lot of pressure on him. Um, those are all incredibly winnable games. I think they should be favored in probably all. I don't think they're going to be favored. Teaser uh, alert here. I don't think they'll be favored against the Jets, but I don't think it'll be past three. Um, and then you look at who their competition is. It really hurts them that the Giants and Commanders tied. Hopefully, for their sake, they don't tie again on Sunday night next week. But the Giants and Commanders both stink. Okay, they're, they're both not very good. The only thing that's kind of hurting them here is that, you know, they have that tie, but both those teams are worse than the Detroit Lions. So I, I think the Lions close it out. They go 4-0 um, and uh, they get themselves into uh, into the playoffs. Seahawks, kind of the, the tires are falling off there. And um, so that's my, that's my call. Um, ben, tomorrow, Cardinals, Patriots. We've got some teasers on the line here. Any other plays that you like? I honestly, I, I feel bad saying this, that like I said earlier, my three like biggest conviction plays all lost here on Sunday, but I, I love the Cardinals in this spot. I've, I've been fading the Patriots for quite some time. I do think that this is going to be like this weird Cliff Kingsbury, almost like blow up game in a lot of situations. I do think we see the Cardinals put up a ton of points against the Patriots defense that I think, you know, is very overrated. So I like I like uh I like the I like the Cardinals on the money line. I like DeAndre Hopkins over 6.5. Uh and I think it might be uh hopefully uh a blowout victory for the Cardinals here on Sunday on Monday night football. Yeah, I kind of it's Hollywood and, and DeAndre are both playing right. it's like the first time. Finally, it's finally happening. This is what we've been waiting for all yeah. year, right? So it's and, uh, and the, uh it's a, there's a mobile quarterback against Bill Belichick like a, Right. Everyone's making a big deal of how dumb Cliff Kingsbury is. Um, yeah, I'm with you. And so, anyways, that that spells. Now we're all on the same side. That's, that's exactly terrible, terrifying. So <laughs> fade at your own uh, at your own glory. Um, ben Brown, PFF underscore Ben Brown. Um, by the way, I should shout out you and the rest of the team, Timo, Ben Lindsay. Kornacki is back. He's back on nope. on Sunday Night Football. Yeah. So if you're watching. Either football night in America before Sunday night or Sunday night, you see Steve Kornacki on there. Um, those are PFF numbers. PFF Pointing at all those numbers, right? Yeah. yeah. He had the chance to give us a shout out. He wouldn't. He, he didn't follow through, unfortunately. We'll have we'll to talk see. to him. We'll have to talk to him. He, you know, we might have to get him back on the pod. Eric and I had him on the pod, right? And uh, th- throwback. Eric and him wore like the same outfit. <laughs> it's the funniest. It was so funny. It was so funny. Shout out to the doctor who must be having an absolute day with the restoration of the, <laughs> of the Detroit Lions. Um, anyways, Ben Brown, go follow him on Twitter. Um, find his stuff on the PFF app and PFF.com. Ben, we love you. Thank you. Thank sir. you, guys. All right. Arjun's going to hopefully make his way over here. There he is. He's alive. I was worried that like just drenched in sweat, you know, worshiping his, his golden idol of, of Justin Herbert. <laughs> Um, but he's here for us. Before we get to him real quick, uh, a quick reminder that you can go get all of the betting dashboard information, player props, best bets, great betting content on PFF.com and the PFF app. Go download it at the iOS app store by searching PFF. Also, if you're still in 
your fantasy football leagues, which after like the worst performance in human history, I'm no longer there. But if you still are, then you have some big decisions coming up and PFF can help you out with that as well. Nathan Yaki and Eden Artits, plus all of PFF's fantasy football tools can be at your hands and lead you to a championship. If you're looking to bet, uh, bro throw, great place for you to go do it because it's not legal to bet in every single state and a bro throw is not a sports book. It's just you betting against other people online and then them paying you via Venmo, Cash App, PayPal, Skrill, Strike, whatever it is. And that means you also don't have to pay a little tax. No VIG. You bet 10, you win 10. Brothrow.com slash PFF. I can attest you do get paid out. So go make it happen. Um, it is a great way uh, to bet on sports. And last but not least, if you had maybe a, a tough week in the betting category uh, and you're looking for some financial advice to make sure that you can pay uh, for Christmas gifts, go to Western southern.com slash pff our friends at western southern financial group do a great job of helping you put together a game plan for whatever it is that you're looking to do buy your first home start a family get out of gambling debt make your money grow make more money to gamble more because you're so good at it and you listen to this podcast i don't know a lot of options for you western southern.com slash pff all right arjun uh you have 30 seconds to tell <laughs> us about um justin herbert and why you were right what was what was your big takeaway from the Justin Herbert performance and the two performance tonight? Yeah, big takeaway from Herbert performance is that he is the team. And when the team needed a bucket, he did whatever was needed. It was clear as day who the better quarterback was. The fact that it was a discussion was, you know, kind of just shows what people need to do to, you know, to to get their name out there sometimes. It was just it was a laughable discussion. Um, on on Tua's side, something that I thought was interesting, the Chargers basically copied the 49er scheme and Tua mm -hmm. struggled again. So I, I'm curious to see if this is a trend going forward. But um, my big takeaway was Tua looked awful and he struggled versus a scheme that he struggled in uh, versus last week as well. It is and interesting. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Emmanuel Acho, I think, still is going to come on tomorrow and find a way. He's going to find a way like, like any true performer will. He's going to come out and perform. And I cannot wait for it. The fact that I don't know, it, I'm assuming everyone saw it, but I thought of you immediately, Arjun. Yeah. The Emmanuel Acho on the list of cringeworthy things that I've seen over the past many years. The Emmanuel Acho rap about Justin Herbert is up there with the most cringeworthy things like it is. It is really, really bad. So it was it was destined for Herbert to come out and, and um, kick some ass. But it will be very interesting to see Tua down the stretch. You know, now that they're a team that people expect to light it up, people are clearly studying their scheme very, very closely. They've now seen some teams not do super or, or do some things that keep them uh, kind of grounded. They've got a little injury uh, for their weapons, right? The greatest running back in, in the NFL, Jeff Wilson, is hurt. Uh, Tyreek's got a, a little bit of bum ankle. Jalen Waddle came into this game a little banged up. Uh, Teron Armstead banged up. So it will be interesting how the uh, the end of this year goes and what they think going into next season. Like it could, it could, the wheels could fall off. Like they could not make the playoffs. It is, it is very much a possibility. Um, all right, week fifteen, as we normally do, we go through all the games, we guess the lines, we look at what the actual line is, and then we decide whether we're going to make a bet on it. Um, last week, a lot of teasers the, the Minnesota Vikings screwed up, um, some of our plays, but thankfully we got the, uh, Kansas city chiefs and the Ravens teaser that came through for us. So hopefully you're on board with that. 
Um, we march into week 15, full slate now. Everybody is back from by. We start week 15 with San Francisco, Seattle on Thursday night football. Arjun kicks off. Yeah, so this is one that I changed like right, you know, right before we recorded because Brock Purdy actually looks good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I made this 49ers minus three. I had Seattle plus three and a half. I just, you know, your guys' lack of respect for <laughs> someone dethroning the GOAT. I don't know. I don't know. Um, maybe that's a little Debo Samuel. I didn't really adjust this for Debo Samuel. I think he's a big part of that offense. But I, I have San Francisco by four and a half. Um, it is uh, on FanDuel Sportsbook. Seattle plus three and a half minus 114. So that could be moving to uh, moving to three shortly. Arjun, what are you doing with this? Yeah, um, I'm, I think I'm going to lay off here, but the thing is, like, the Seahawks defense is, like, really bad. Like, Brock Purdy might actually, like, look great again this week. And the 49ers defense had the best defensive performance of any defense against Geno Smith back in week two, I believe. So, you know, the 49ers defense has been humming along for weeks now. You know, assuming assuming they all stay healthy, I think they'll match up well with the Seahawks offense. Um, but, yeah, again, like, betting on Brock Purdy here is kind of a – a tough thing you're asking me to do. So I'm going to continue to disrespect George. I'm, I'm buying, uh, you know, 49ers cover and blowout Tom Brady with Brock Purdy. Seattle loses. I'm taking Seattle here, uh, plus three and a half. I, I like buying, buying it low. You get over a field goal at home on a short week. Eventually, we're going to get Brock Purdy. You know, teams are going to take some time, sit down, study his game, figure him out a little bit. And I don't think Debo Samuel, you know, for a Thursday game, I don't think he plays here. Ayuk was great. Kittle was great. McCaffrey, the the Seahawks defense in particular, just against the run, is just atrocious. So some concerns there. But all that said, uh, I think it's an overreaction in both directions. I think, you know, all right, let's let's watch Brock Purdy. Let's figure this guy out. And he'll he'll get exposed a little bit on, on a short week in Seattle. You make a good point. At some point, someone will expose Brock Purdy, but it won't be on a short week, and it sure as hell won't be the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and uh, and that atrocious defense. I, I again, it, where Brock Purdy will get exposed is against a team that is going to be able to come up, go up big against them, and the 49ers defense is going to be a little bit, you know, overmatched. Like for example, against a Kansas City. Even though Seattle, I mean. Seattle has not looked good uh, in the last few games. And Geno Smith, the shine is coming off a little bit. Um, San Francisco on defense came out pretty healthy in that game. Eric Armstead now back. So um, I'm going to buy San Francisco here. I I think, you know, it's going to get to three maybe. So if you want to wait and and get three, go ahead. But I'll, for the sake of entertainment, I'm going to take the 49ers. Indy, Minnesota. Two really crappy teams, one of which happens to be in the playoffs and winning a division. Arjun. I went Colts plus five. Yeah, I had Minnesota minus four and a half. I had mini minus four and a half as well. That is what the line is at. It is uh, shaded slightly in uh, in the other direction. Mini minus four and a half is minus 108. Colts plus four and a half is minus 112. Arjun. It's tough here because I think I'm going to lay off, but, you know, I, I, the Vikings defense is is getting to, like, awful levels, like bottom five in the league. Couldn't stop the Lions at all. The Lions had one three and out 
and that was the first drive of the game, which is weird. Usually they do well on scripted plays, but the Vikings defense could not stop the Lions like at all today. And I'm not saying the Colts are this offensive, like at least an average offensive team, but with how light boxes the Vikings like to run, I think the Colts could have some success on the ground in this game with Taylor. Yeah, Ed Donatel, the defensive coordinator in Minnesota, is a Fangio tree guy, ton of two high safeties. And even with Harrison Smith out today, they kind of, I don't know, I didn't think they really changed up enough and recognized how valuable he is to this defense. They've already had secondary issues beyond him. Um, they did get Cam Dantzler back in this game. But I also think their issue, too, is like, I mean, Justin Jefferson had two over 200 yards, got robbed of a touchdown and a bunch more yards. He should have, you know, uh, had that score at the end of the game there. But their defense is, is truly a bottom five defense. Granted, India's bottom five in EPA per play on offense, but I'm not going to take either side here, but 46 and a half on the total. I, I, Minnesota, until they can actually stop anyone, I mean, Mac Jones has been one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL, was horrific against the Bills, and put up uh, like great numbers against Minnesota the week before. Um, if anything, I'm leaning towards the over there with Indy off a bye, like you said, in a good matchup. I think Michael Pittman will dominate whoever he goes, goes up against. Paris Campbell's played well in the slot. Like, I think they're going to move the ball, uh, and Minnesota will still also move the ball. I'm going to lay off this one. My hope is that I don't have to watch any of this game. But uh, these are Saturday games. I forgot to mention this, right? So we have this just – this. so it's the uh, the Christmas week Saturday games are like the um, the normal slate of games. And then we have that Christmas trio which is honestly so disappointing. It is just so sad that they have such shitty games on Christmas. These Saturday games are pretty good, um, but this that's the early one, and it deserves to be. Next up, we have, which should have been a really good game, Baltimore-Cleveland, but this looks to be, I believe, a guy named Anthony Brown, who I thought was like an NBA player for a second because I had not heard of an NFL player named Anthony Brown playing against Bill Cosby and the Cleveland shit-tards, um, shit-birds, whatever I want to call them. Um, the Cleveland Browns uh, looked awful again today. Like, awful. Um, just so bad. Uh, Arjun, what do you make this this spread? Um, yeah, this was tough. I, I just went with Ravens plus three. So I had Cleveland minus two and a half and real quick wind advisory, terrible wind projected for this game. So it's Anthony Brown though, right? Like that Anthony is Brown, be... BC legend, Oregon legend, Anthony Brown. Yeah. It looks like. Okay. And it's, and you got, you're still making this less than a field goal. Yep. Wow. Um, I had Cleveland by seven. Anthony Brown, really? Is there something that you know about him that I don't? I guess I'm I just, out to just, lunch. Deshaun, Deshaun hasn't looked good at all. Deshaun like her, I, I don't think horrific. he's been like I don't think he's been that good. Yeah, and Amari came into the day today, almost missed the game, it was a game time decision. He did play, but was kind of laboring throughout the entire game. Yeah. Um you know, look, also it was like Lamar fall off to Huntley, not that not that drastic. And then Anthony Brown made some plays today. Yeah, I think Huntley <laughs> might play according to the chat here. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, I guess I'll be, I'll be woefully wrong. Uh, Arjun, what are you doing with this one? Um, I kind of like the under in this game, 40 and a half. I know for, I didn't, you know, even think about the win stuff, but I mean, the, I, no, neither team is probably going to be able to move it on the ground or through the air. And I think the Ravens could have some success on the ground against this really, really bad Browns rush defense, which allowed Joe Mixon, who was having one terrible season with the Bengals 
to run for 96 yards on 6.9 yards per carry, even though one of that, you know, one of those rushes was a 40-yard rush. The Browns' run defense is still bad. The Ravens can take an, take advantage of it. J.K. Dobbins looked spry in his return to the lineup, um, but I still kind of like the under 40 and a half. And I know we don't bet with trends, but the divisional unders have been money this year. They certainly have. Uh, I would lean Cleveland here, if anything. Um, I know I'm even short of the spread here. I see it's a field goal on BetMGM. I mean, the Watson has been horrific two games in a row. He's been really, really bad. I think eventually that turns. Um, but then also, if it is a ground game, if it's a ground battle, I think we associate a good running offense with the Ravens, but no Kevin Zeitler in this game today. Not sure about his status next week. And then, obviously, no Lamar Jackson and or Huntley. I don't know how well they are going to run the ball. J.K. Dobbins did look pretty good today, but I think that they could be kind of not very effective effective in that area, and that will kill them. Um, I will – I'll take the Brownies here, minus three. Yeah, I feel like I have to out of principle. Um, also, I, I came up with like the worst derogatory term for the Browns humanly possible, which is just a bad omen all around. Um, so my apologies there. Um, I, it, Huntley might play. If he doesn't play, I think getting Cleveland minus three is a wonderful, like, a wonderful line. Um, so you're going to get a bunch of value there. So I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to feel terrible about it. I apologize to all members of the printing press. The Saturday night game is a good one. Miami, Buffalo. In Buffalo, obviously, Miami won the first game uh, in Miami. So this is a big game, um, and, you know, especially now that Miami, after losing that game, really has to get this one here. Arjun. Yeah, I went Bills minus seven. Bills minus five and a half. I had five and a half as well. Um, and let's see. What is it here? I'm seeing seven. Anywhere. Oh, wow. I see seven. Um, so, Arjun, you hit that one on the money. What are you doing with it? Yeah, I I kind of like, like it as a teaser leg. Um, I, I do like the Bills kind of straight up on, on seven just because Tyreek got hurt. Their secondary, the Dolphins secondary is really hurt. Um, Stephon Diggs, I think, will have his way with them next week. It will be in Buffalo. Um, I don't really know if the Tua is a you know not a cold weather quarterback claim is like that founded with evidence, but um, I, I think teasing the Bills down to to one is something I like here. So I should have said on the top another wind advisory game. These are the two mm -hmm. only two games for next weekend that I circled. Again, it is early, but it's on Saturday, and both of them had like forty mile an hour winds. So. Uh, another game where that might be relatively impactful. I think the loss of Tyree Kill, you might think, oh, it's going to impact downfield passing. It also might impact his ability to create after the catch if they can't throw downfield with Tua in the wind. Um, so, yeah, I, I love Buffalo as a teaser like here. Yeah, I can get on board with that. By the way, um, how many times will we hear about people betting Jeff Saturday on a Saturday? Can't wait. I just can't Did wait. Did none of us take it? I should, I, I, I should have taken it. I'm not going to, but I should have. Now I feel bad. You should have taken it. Um, yeah, this spot is going to be tough for, for Miami, no doubt about it, uh, with how banged up they are. And and Buffalo has now an opportunity to see some teams, you know, have their way with Tua and confuse him a little bit. So um, I like the teaser like as well. All right, moving on to Sunday. We have Philly. At Chicago, Chicago coming off of a bye. Uh, hopefully, Justin Fields feeling a little bit better. Arjun? Um, I went 
Eagles minus 11. I had Eagles minus 10. Uh, I guess I have too much respect for Justin Fields. I had eight and a half. Um, but that is what it is. It is uh, Bears at home plus eight and a half. Arjun? Okay, Brad, since you're the weather guy now, are there any wins? In, no in concerns Chicago? here. Those first two were the only ones I have, yep. Okay. So, I yeah, I, I am going to take the Eagles here. Today kind of showed like, they're the, they, they can – put their foot down and just like run over people or just like keep piling it on um, like they did versus the Giants today. The Bears secondary is a privilege and AJ Brown should have his way with whoever's guarding him. And if he doesn't, Devontae Smith should. Um, there, there really is no way for the Bears to stop the Eagles. And I think the Eagles run defense has gotten better in recent weeks. Um, so I don't really see the Bears having too much success offensively unless JF1 goes crazy. So I am going to take the Bears here. Yeah, so I think Jalen Johnson will get a lot of A.J. Brown, which, you know, he hasn't been quite as good as he normally is this year. But I I do think it's a Devontae game. I know it's a different conversation. But for props or whatever, I think maybe Devontae is the target in this game. Yeah, I mean, Philly is just so much better than this team. Chicago is the worst defense in the NFL in any paper play since week six. They are horrific against the run. You mentioned their secondary is a privilege. Watching them try to tackle against the run is an even bigger privilege, uh, especially with Jaquan Brisker out, although I think he, he should be back for this game, as will Kyler Gordon. But, yeah, I, I would lean Philly here for sure. Um, they, they, just, they can just win in too many ways and do too much. And I think for Chicago on offense, no Darnell Mooney now. Whether it's James Bradbury or Darius Slay, they'll take Chase Claypool out of this game entirely. I just don't think they can do enough on offense. Like they, Their defense is so bad, we know that, and they're just not going to be able to keep pace with the scoring if it's all Justin Fields running the ball, which it probably will be. So I'm not going to bet it, um, but I, I get why the spread is, is over eight here. Yeah, I think, I mean... I feel one of the reasons, one of the reasons I made this eight and a half was Chicago coming off of a buy. We saw them come off a mini buy and look really good. Um, and they just have that. They really do feel a little bit like the Eagles last year where Jalen Hurts would they'd get down and then Jalen Hurts would just do some crazy, crazy shit. And um, they're a great backdoor cover team um, at home. If I had to bet one side of this, I actually think I would take Chicago, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go against my buddy. We win and we lose as a team here. So um, I'm going to I'm gonna lay off this one. Atlanta, New Orleans, Desmond Ritter, finally. Um, for some reason, still Andy Dalton in New Orleans, uh, unless something comes out. I cannot believe that Jameis Winston is still sitting on the bench. Um, but uh, nonetheless, Arjun, would you make this? I went... Saints minus three and a half. I had Saints minus two and a half. Okay. I had Saints minus three and a half here. And I considered making it more, honestly. I little worried about, I mean, what do you, we don't really know much about Desmond Ritter. Does that help uh, Atlanta maybe to some degree here? But New Orleans is a tough place to start your <laughs> start your career, um, especially with the Falcons and and, and uh Mr. Smith there. Um, it is. Uh, where is this game? I got I got uh, plus three and a half or Saints minus yes. three and a half. But MGM. Half. I see minus 114 on that. So maybe towards Atlanta. Out, yeah. Getting out there. So, um, yeah. Interesting. Arjun, what do you do with this? 
Yeah, I don't I don't really like either side because the Saints have, have killed me all year. And but like okay, so I looked back at the Saints week one game against the Falcons, and a big part of the Falcons offensive success was Mariota's legs. Twelve rushes, seventy-two yards, six six yards per carry, and a touchdown. He was making plays with his legs, and the Saints have a notoriously old defense. Guys like Cameron Jordan, Carl Granderson, uh, Peyton Turner is kind of young, but um, Davenport, like he's like, like a little bit of older guys. Davenport is a little bit athletic, but for the most part, it's a lot of slow guys on that Saints defense. And for Ritter, unless he's like really using his legs, I don't trust the Falcons' dropback offense enough to score at all on the road against the mm-hmm. Saints defense, which put Tom Brady in hell on Monday, except you know, until the refs gave them a 44 yard DPI. So I don't, but I, again, I don't really feel comfortable backing Andy Dalton here. Um, but I think if anything, the saints are probably the play for me. The, the Atlanta Falcons have the better quarterback and the better head coach in this matchup. In my opinion, I think they're going to come out of the bye week flying with Desmond Ritter. He looked awesome the preseason. I know it's the preseason, but he looked like the best rookie quarterback, so which also doesn't mean was. much of anything, but he did. Um, and he's not Mariota with his legs, but he can scamper, get a couple first downs on scrambles. I am taking the Falcons here plus three and a half. This, this has, that has um, some feelings. I know you're not, the same level of fan for New Orleans Saints as as Arjun is for the the Chargers, but that had a little bit of that that edge to it. Um, no, 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 no. I just no? the Andrew Dalton experience needs to end, and I think it ends with it with a divisional loss to the Desmond Ritter in his debut. It's so interesting. Andy Dalton is winning. Like it's it feels like Andy Dalton went and read the PFF grading rubric and was like, I'm going to win in PFF grade this year. 87 PFF grade and just at all times when it matters looks like complete garbage uh, on the field. Um, but kudos to him for figuring that out. I do think the Saints would be the side um, that I would lean on uh, if I had to pick one, but I'm going to lay off. Um, Detroit and the Jets. Very interested to see what you guys made this. Uh, Arjun? I went Lions pick them. I also went Lions pick them. Yeah, I also went Lions pick them. It remind that reminded me of I saw this. Um, it's like I think it was like a TikTok of some like I don't know fifteen year old kid in Miami giving out picks, and uh, he's like on, oh. on a jet ski. I don't know if you guys have seen this. It's absolutely incredible. It's like these two fifteen year old kids convincing people to bet their picks, saying they're like you know betting thousands and thousands of dollar units and, and winning. Um, and by claiming that they bought boats and, and, and uh, jet skis and everything. And um, the guy the guy opens up and says, um, some team out of the state's Dolphins. It's like, Dolphins, 7.5. And you're like, someone in the comments is like, that's how you know this person has no idea what they're talking about. Uh, Detroit, pick them. Um, I have the Jets by, uh, by two uh, in this one. Um, it is Jets by one and a half. Um, but Lions plus one and a half is minus 120. Um, so that will probably move a little bit, especially because it's not through a key number yet. Um, so we'll call it we'll call it one and a half. It's gonna move though. Arjun. I gotta gotta restore it. I, I love the Lions in the spot. The one thing I think the Lions are susceptible to, and their biggest weakness on offense is interior pressure. But Quinn and Williams had a really nasty yeah. leg injury. Prayers up for him. Don't know the severity of it. Seems like it he'll it's day to day, but don't know how effective he's gonna be even if he plays next week. 
the Lions, so so my angle for this game is the Jets are an elite defense. Elite offenses beat elite defenses, unless I guess like the elite defense has a great game plan for the elite offense. Robert Salah, I think he gets his players to execute his scheme very well. But I think his scheme is something that Jared Goff doesn't typically struggle with. I saw this on Twitter from Rob Pizzola, who I know is a friend of the pod when you and Eric were doing it together. And he talked about how like you can bet like betting on Jared fading Goff in in certain versus certain defensive uh, game plans has typically worked in the past, like the Belichick game plans and stuff like that. I don't think Salah will kind of try to emulate that. I think he'll run what he normally runs. And I think that kind of cover three single high stuff will allow Goff to to do well in this game. Um, and again, like I don't really know what's, what the quarterback situation is in New York, but I think that Lions offense is definitely better than the Jets offense. And they've, been, they've I think, been the number one offense since like week nine or something or week six, whatever Timo posted on Twitter today. So I, I like the Lions in this spot. Yeah, he does better against zone uh, than man coverage by a like, staggering amount. And Salah does sit back in a lot of cover three shells. It's a teaser leg for me. I'm not going to bet the lines outright, but it's definitely a teaser leg at one and a half. Let's tease them. I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. The only thing that scares me a little bit, total 47 and a half. Um, the weather, not seeing anything crazy here. Nothing yet. crazy. Yeah. Weather has been uh, has been shitty. This certainly is not a dome game, right? Like I think that's, you know, that would be kind of a concern here um, if you have any. But um, I mean, they just they just killed the the Giants in uh, in the Meadowlands, so that I guess isn't a concern. So um, yeah, let's let's tease them. Let's do it. Pittsburgh, Carolina, in Carolina, Arden. I went Steelers plus two. Yeah, Carolina minus one and a half. This is a pick, um, mostly because I was like, both these teams stink. They don't deserve my time. Carolina minus one and a half, minus 115. The Carolina Panthers control their own destiny in the NFC South. Nothing would be more indicative of this season than the Carolina Panthers winning the NFC South, by the way. Um, that would be absolutely hilarious. Uh, it is minus 115. The Carolina minus one and a half is minus 115. Yeah, so first two things. I did not think we'd see the Panthers favorite in another game this season, uh, especially after um, after Matt Rule got fired. And number two, you know, I know Judah, who's been on the pot, who comes on the pot every week, his kind of like betting partner who he does a live stream with every weekend is holding a Panthers 40 to one NFC South ticket. So I'm praying, I'm hoping that the Panthers continue their hot run. But in terms of this game, um, I like the I like the Panthers as a teaser leg or the Steelers as a teaser leg because if the Panthers beat the Steelers by more than eight, then you know again that's one thing you just charge it to the game. Yeah, the, the Steelers actually had six point two yards per play today. Um, outgained the Ravens and the Carolina in their win had four point six yards per play. Um, kind of a fluky game there in some respects. The running game just like I said earlier just destroyed uh, the Seattle Seahawks. But the Steelers are actually top ten in EPA per rush allowed and top five in success rate of opposing running game. And that was all that really Carolina had today was Deontay Foreman just kind of eating up clock and, and gaining yards and not even just Deontay Foreman. But long answer short, it's a teaser leg for me as well. I like Pittsburgh here. Look, Mitchell was Mitchell. He's, you know, we all got a nice taste of Mitchell Trubisky as, you know, three picks, a nice outing. He actually did have a decent game. Otherwise, though, um, I am taking Pittsburgh in a teaser here for sure. 
Yeah, I can get on board with that. Um, this was uh, flipped, I guess, um, not through a key number, but across zero for uh, all the people that love the key number of zero, of which there are many out there. Um, <laughs> shout, out, but, shout out Tantillo. Yeah. Um, Kenny Pickett is probably not going to play concussion. I don't think so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that worries me just ever so slightly. But, um, yeah, I think I think the teaser is the player. I mean, the total on this game um, is going to be pretty low, right? Uh, 38 and a half. 38 and a half, yeah. So that's a lovely teaser game. Again, for any members of the press that are new, you will be um, wise to tease games with lower totals because that means that those big spread differences, point differentials at the end of the game are less likely when it's a low-scoring game. Um, Dallas, Jacksonville, in Jacksonville, Arjun. I went. I went Cowboys minus three and a half. I had Jags plus five and a half. I had Jags plus three, and it is Jags plus four and a half in Jacksonville. Yeah. So Dak had one of those games. He kind of has every season where. It's just like things aren't really clicking for the Cowboys and they're kind of just letting these bad teams hang around. The you know I don't really think the Cowboys defense was that great either. They were missing their two starting corners. Jaron Curse gets hurt during pregame warmups. Just just a weird game for the Cowboys. I didn't really know how to react to it or like if there should be any major takeaways. There is some major takeaway from the Titans Jags game in that Trevor Lawrence is like everyone's kind of just been on this like wave. I think mm -hmm. we're this if you're gonna bet the Jags, you're kind of buying the Jags at their high. Um but yeah, I don't I don't really like either side. I just think it's it's interesting to see like what the reactions will be from both of their teams' games, which you know were not what people were expecting. Yeah, I like the over 46 and a half here. I'm gonna put that down as a play. I gotta start taking these totals. I keep talking about it, I'm not, not yep. taking them. So over 46 and a half here. I think Dallas is going to score. I mean, the Jaguars defense did start the season pretty well, but has just not been good. And then, yeah, I mean, Lawrence is starting to stack some of these games. I'm not going to anoint him just yet, but you mentioned the Jaron Curse injury. Their offensive line is like just good enough, but also Lawrence over the past month, sub two and a half second uh, average time to throw. That's been a big part of it is just getting the ball out so much quicker. Um, he has playmakers. I mean, Evan Ingram went crazy today, but Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, like they have enough there to kind of spread the ball around. I like the over 46 and a half in this one. Yeah, you know, I'm bored with that. Um, like that a lot. By the way, some uh, some good things in the chat. Someone said that Arjun, you're classy AF with that Michigan hoodie. What I want to know is, can we get the sunglasses combined with the Michigan hoodie? The the sunglasses in the profile picture. I feel like oh, I, oh they're right on deck. We need. <laughs> I got them. We I need them right here. Oh the my Chargers goodness! Glasses right there. Jesus yeah. Christ. It's a family I, I, show, Arjun. There's, there's kids watching. It's 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 midnight. Are there kids watching? It's only nine thirty. Not anymore. I don't know. Not anymore. They've been put to sleep. Um, nothing spells. I'm a diehard Chargers fan. Like those sunglasses. Um, that you look like you're a part of the Matrix right now. Those are. Awesome. <laughs> they're, they're um, little, yeah, they are a little bit big. What are, are they? Are they like what's the? On, they look like they've got some sort of red finish or something like that. Yeah. What's your favorite? What's your favorite coin right now, Arjun? Of all the. <laughs> <laughs> what are you? What are you uh, hodling right now? Um, I am laying off uh, this one. I, I agree. I mean, like both teams. I think the point would be here. Dallas looked horrible. Jacksonville, despite 
Trevor Lawrence being a little gimpy looked amazing. He was he was great today. I think he's probably gonna end up with you know top three PFF grade this season uh, or th- this week. Um, one other really good comment uh, in the chat was someone called out that Zonovan, uh, Zonovan Jones, Zonovan, Zonovan Knight. Oh, Zonovan Knight. Knight. Come on now. Yeah, Zonovan, <laughs> Zonovan M. Knight Shyamalan is averaging five yards per carry. Um, and everyone remembers the Jets trading up for him in the second round. So, you know, I've got to shut up and eat some crow now. Kansas City, Houston in Houston. This is going to be the biggest spread of the week. Arjun? Um, yeah, I went Chiefs minus 14. Yeah, I had Texans and the fight in Driscoll's plus 14 and a half. Some inc- uh, I saw some incredible photography of Driscoll uh, on uh, on the timeline today. I had uh, Houston plus 14 and a half, and uh, it looks like it's 14. Arjun? Yeah, I, I've tended to stay away from the Chiefs at these like super high spreads just because we typically get Andrew, not Andy. Um, so I don't really think they're going to show anything against the Texans. It's going to be some standard stuff. Could have some weird stuff happen at the end of the game because the Chiefs defense is, is pretty bad. Um, so, yeah, it's just a stay away game for me. Yeah, I agree on the spread there. Uh, I think random thought, but as I check, I might have like 25, 30 carries in this game because Houston's run defense is just horrific. And they'll just, like you said, keep it simple, get some Jerry McKinnon action. Uh, I, I wouldn't bet them either. Yeah, I I guess I'll stay away as well, though I could see I could see a case to be made for, for Houston getting two scores given what, what Arjun was saying there. Arizona, Denver. Um, Anything? Thoughts on whether this will be Wilson or Rippon? I would guess Rippon. Wilson's hit yeah. looked terrible. Uh, yeah. And he had like a big bump on his head. And also, mm-hmm. why would you play him? You know, I, I think it will be Rippon. So Arizona, Denver in Denver with Rippon. Yeah, I, I had it at cards plus two before the Rippon injury. Then I just went um, cards minus one. So I had uh, Denver plus two, yeah. Yeah, I have Denver plus two and a half. It is Denver plus one and a half minus one fifteen. So just to point out real quick, I'm yeah. Ben MGM. They're minus one, so, so there's some some line shopping opportunity or teaser opportunity if you like Arizona there potentially. I I do like the Cardinals straight up. Um, I don't think we're gonna get Rondell Moore tomorrow. Or yeah, tomorrow for the Patriots game. I guess it's today because. It's Monday night, but or Monday morning, but whatever. Um, but the Cardinals should have their full plethora of weapons, or at least receivers, back with Rondé Moore, Marquise Brown, and John Hopkins on the field for the first time all season. The Broncos' defense had like a really bad stretch, and then a really good stretch, and then I, I just think their offense is really bad. And the Cardinals' like blitz-heavy offense will kind of put Rippin in some tough situations. So I do like the Cardinals here. You know, whatever the line we make it minus one and a half. Yeah, I would I would lean Arizona here as well. Um, I, the thing though, and this isn't even being like facetious or a joke. Like with how bad Wilson's been, I'm not sure Rippin is that much of a downgrade. But yeah, considering at least at least at BetMGM you can tease Arizona. I won't do that. We're we're going the official minus one and a half. Yeah, I, I would lean towards the Cardinals here. And if you are you know shopping around, I might put in a bet on a Cardinals teaser before we get off here. Yeah, that's the, I think that's the play. Um, Denver did look absolutely terrible with Brett Ribbon. Let's be clear. Um, and they were spunky. They, they came back. Um, they were. They were. You know, like 
that should have been an absolute blow. Um, New or uh, sorry, New England, Vegas in Vegas. Yeah, I I went Raiders minus three. I had Raiders minus one and a half. Okay, all that makes a lot of sense, but then you have to remember, this is Bill Belichick against Josh McDaniels and Derek Carr, like the double dip. Like both these guys are just going to be in the absolute spin zone all afternoon. So I went New England uh, minus two and a half, um, which I knew was going to be wrong, but I did anyways. It is Raiders minus one and a half. Um, Patriots plus one and a half is minus 118. Yeah, I, I George, I did kind of have your line of thought initially, but, you know, Brian Flores in 2020, 2021, I think three and one or with two a three no because obviously mm-hmm. that's the big thing that gets brought up to his wins um it's like it's not like belichick's like former assistants have like done miserably and especially especially in recent years where i think belichick's like sharpness has kind of worn down a little bit so fundamentally i did think raiders are three points better than the past like uh, um, accounting for home field and everything and that's why i made it minus three but i totally understand your point with that being said i don't i'm not going to bet on the raiders because Again, I had them in in a couple teaser legs, and they just blew everything on that Thursday night game. But Devontae Adams might go for like 150 against this past secondary if Josh McDaniels decides to keep his foot on the gas pedal. Yeah, so you both – you just touched on a thing there, Arjun. So, yeah, the fact that it's Josh McDaniels, Patriots, Patriots have a bye week, all that scares me to no end. Raiders do have the mini bye coming off their depressing Thursday loss to the Rams. Like I want, I want about the Raiders. They are a fund, fundamentally better football team. They are still top ten in EPA per play. Mac Jones, like I said, has been awful, but the Raiders' defense and their secondary, in particular, is one of the worst in the NFL. So, I almost am tempted to take over forty-four and a half here. Uh, I want to see the Raiders, but I won't. I'm a coward, so I'll just pass. I will be teasing the Patriots uh, in this game um, out to uh, out to plus seven and a half. It is forty-four and a half, so not the highest total in the world. Um, and yeah, I, I think if you're going to take a side, I would clearly take the Patriots here, Tennessee, a couple of really embarrassing games, uh, against the chargers who obviously won on Sunday night football, um, in Los Angeles, Arjun. Yeah. I went chargers minus three. Yeah. I chargers minus three and a half. I Chargers minus three as well, and it is uh, Chargers minus two and a half, minus one fifteen. So yeah, Titans looked pretty bad today. Had some unlucky fumbles not go their way, um, especially one where the Jags kind of started in inside the t- inside the red zone. The Titans, yeah, kind of didn't look good against the Bengals either, and the, the Chargers like run defense looked actually like okay today outside of some runs. But, yeah, this could either be, like, a huge Derrick Henry game or I think the Chargers will win by, like, 10 or something because the Titans' passing offense when they're playing from behind is, is pretty bad. Um, but I don't know. This could be, like, a huge huge mismatch in the trenches with Jeffrey Simmons mm-hmm. versus, like, rookie Zion Johnson. Like, like, that's probably the biggest thing that scares me, the Titans' defensive line. Yeah, I hear all that. I'm going to stick with it. I keep fading the Titans. It's finally worked out for me the last couple of weeks. Henry had two fumbles in this game. Tannehill had an ugly interception and a horrific fumble. Um, they're obviously not going to do all those things again, but they just weren't good outside of that. Traylon Burks maybe still misses another game here potentially. 
I mean, they're just they're just not a good football team. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go Chargers minus two and a half. Yeah, that's I think where I'm leaning as well. Um, by the way, Andrew I can Thomas do both back too. Sorry, real quick. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Andrew Thomas in the chat. Titans had 16 players on their injury report this week. Um, probably something to to monitor there. Joey Bosa. Um, when they have Joey Bosa. It makes a big difference for that defense. <laughs> like a really, really big difference. Um, and especially, you know, against the run. Um, I was impressed by the Chargers secondary today. It was inspiring. Um, I mean, Herbert looks healthy. I think we've gotten so caught up in this Herbert Tua stuff that we've forgotten. We've almost forgotten that Herbert was like inching towards that you know, tier one for QBs. Now there were people in the off season that were literally livid that he wasn't in the tier one. I think we've seen that he's not quite there yet, but maybe we've actually forgotten just quite how, how good he is. Both those receivers, Williams and Keenan Allen came out of the game healthy, which is also really big. Um, so I, I'm going to roll with the chargers here. It's like ridiculous as it sounds to think that um, they, they'll be a team that will cover uh, games at this point as a favorite. Um, Cincy, Tampa Bay, in Tampa. Um. So, do we know what T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, like what their situations are? They were both questionable to come back in today's game. I don't know their status. I haven't seen anything yet, but neither it seemed like we're you know ruled out automatically type of thing. Okay. Yeah. So, assume I think Higgins didn't really play at all, so I don't think he aggravated anything. So, I'm assuming he's going to play next week. I went Bengals minus six. Whoa. Wowza. Yeah, I, I had the uh, Bucks plus three and a half. Um, I had Bucks plus three, and I felt a little dirty even doing that. Uh, it is it is Bucks plus three and a half. Um, really? So, Arjun, get your wallet out. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm definitely betting. Because, like, okay, I'll ask you guys, like, what are the Bucks good at? I got no answer like, for you. Okay, so here's my here's my logic. Okay, the Bucks and and Brady, and we know this about Brady. He is not Patrick Mahomes in a game where his offensive line is is overmatched, the defense is overmatched. He's not going to create a bunch, and and neither are Bulls and and Leftwich. But against a team that is not incredibly dominant from a defensive perspective. Like, there's no reason that he can't go out and play well. They still have Evans. They still have Godwin. They have Julio. Brady is still – it's not like his arm has fallen off. So, you know, that's why I ended up at three. I, I just – the Bengals are good, but they're not they're not the type of team that would destroy the, the, the Bucks' offense, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I would push back on that a little bit. I think the Bengals have had – some pretty good performances defensively the past couple of weeks. I mean, I think Mahomes didn't really do much or he Mahomes played well, but I don't think he like was up to his normal standards versus mm-hmm. the Bengals. They held the, the Browns to 10 points and like a, a large majority of Deshaun's like yards did come like in these garbage time situations. The Bengals with DJ Reader back are, are one of the best run defenses in the NFL. Nick Chubb had one of his worst performances on the ground, 2.4 yards per carry. And we know the Bucks love to love their, early down runs for zero yards. So you're going to put Brady in these expected pass situations. I don't, you know, again, with or without the worst, I don't really think it matters. Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard have been having like hell, like a hell of a year this year. Mm -hmm. 
So again, I don't like, I just don't know what the Bucks are good at for me to like have any angle on them. And I think since he's kind of shown that they can adapt their scheme, both on offense and defense to counter their opponent, to counter whatever they have on injuries. And while I was lower on Burrow this off season, I think he's kind of played at a level that I wasn't expecting him to play at. So again, I do love the Bengals in the spot. Yeah, I, like, I don't want the Bengals' defense to be as good as they are because the injuries in the back end, but it just has not really mattered. Uh, Cam Taylor-Britt had a good game, their second-round rookie out of Nebraska. Like, they just keep playing well on that side of the ball. Like, I mean, they're not a juggernaut, like you said, George, but, like, they've been playing just better than I think they really are on paper because the front has been so good. Uh, the safety play has been great. The linebackers, obviously, Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson, all those guys back there. Um, and, and then on offense, yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay is just – they cannot move the ball – Losing Tristan Wirfs, the last two games we've seen since then, you have Donovan Smith, who is committing a hold, I think, every single series. I thought on the touchdown pass to Mike Evans, every fantasy owner, Tom Brady, wanted to kill the guy. I mean, he's got like six holdings in the last two weeks now uh, or something like that, which is just ridiculous. So I I just think that they have enough um, to protect Tom Brady for long enough to get open. (sighs) I'll I'll, I'll ride Sensi with you, Arjun. I'm not going to ruin your guys' um your guys win by jumping on the bandwagon, but I'm going to remind myself of something that is a good reminder for all members, all faithful members of the printing press. You, you can't make a team do what you want them to do. So as much as you want the bucks to stop running Leonard Fournette or Rashad white, every single first down, every single second and long, they're not going to stop doing it. Their takeaway from this game against the 49ers is 100% going to be, we didn't run the ball enough. Look how much, you know, the, the Niners ran more than we did. And that just not the takeaway to have. Trey Hendrickson, 12th among 117 edge rushers going up against Donovan Smith is a huge mismatch. On the other side with Sam Hubbard going up against uh, Beanie Wells, as I like to call him at right tackle. Shout out to the uh, former Arizona Cardinals running back. Um so, yeah, I, I, I see where you guys are coming at here. And um, the Bengals 10 and 3 against the spread, 9 and 4. The Bucks are 3 9 and 1 against the spread. Not, not good. Sunday Night Football flex the Giants and the Commanders because who doesn't want to watch really shitty football on Sunday night? Um, although it should be close. Arjun, what do you make this? Yeah, I went Giants plus four and a half. Yeah, I had the same here. I just used the spread from two weeks ago and just flipped it for uh, home field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we've learned nothing about these teams fundamentally since then. So. Yeah. so that's what I did originally, right? And so I originally I had this as, uh, as four, four and a half. And then I was like, look, I, it, the, the commanders really have home field over there. Like, let's get real here. <laughs> These teams both stink. I just felt like anything over a field goal was was wrong. It, But it is Commanders, so I made it a field goal. It is Commanders minus three and a half, and that is minus 115. So I could get out to four. So you guys are more right than me at this point. But um, was there anything – were there any injuries noteworthy in, in the Giants game? I kind of turned that one off, Brad, because – they were just getting destroyed. You did, George? Saquon was- came in at like a game time and looked like it. He, he was very ineffective today. Yeah. Um, otherwise, though, I can't think of anything. Arjun, what are you doing with this? Yeah, I mean, I think I would like to think I was on the right side last time when I took Commanders like plus mm-hmm. one or plus two because Commanders eventually ended up closing as like minus two and a half. But, I mean, 
I it sucks that I did like the Giants, like their whole like Cinderella story, and now they're just falling from grace. Um, but yeah, I don't like Brad said we didn't really learn anything fundamental about these teams last time they played, and and yeah, like I just I don't really feel comfortable backing either side. Yeah, you know, you mentioned the divisional unders, especially the second round of the divisional unders and all those type of trends they just played. Um, the over 40 and a half is kind of intriguing. I think both defenses are not really good at this point with all the injuries in New York, uh, specifically Dory Jackson against all these receivers for Washington. I think they are going to score. And then I think New York will find ways to move the football with Brian Dable as well. Um, but yeah, four, four and a half. Uh, it's four and a half on BetMGM. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's too many, too many points for Washington delay. So I'll, I'll lay off this one. At four and a half, I, I'm, I'm going to go snag four and a half. So I'm going to bet this at four and a half. Uh, I'm going to change uh, change the spread in the spreadsheet, guys, so that we remember that it's four and a half since I'm betting this game. Um, and you guys can get credit for being right. We're on the trust the tree. Yeah. <laughs> trust tree, nest. Um, but both these teams are, are average. They're playing one another. Home field is not that big of a deal in this situation. Um, so I'll take the GMAT. It's easy. Washington, New York is such an easy trip. Be plenty of Giants. Yeah. Giants were just embarrassed. Washington coming off a bye, feeling feeling like they've got this. They were up by 10 against the Giants when they played last. Um, closing out on Monday Night Football with the Rams and the Packers, which uh, the schedule makers looked at just a few short months ago and were like, man, this is going to be a great game. <laughs> Two NFC, dominant NFC teams vying for the number one seed. Uh, not so much. Arjun? Um, I went Packers minus seven. Same here. I, God, I hate to say this, but I guess I have faith in, in Baker Mayfield. I, I have Packers minus five and a half. Um, it is Packers minus seven and a half, which means that I'm going to end up betting on Baker Mayfield, which uh, pray for me, guys. One yeah. <laughs> yeah, I again, this is like, it could be a teaser for the Packers, teasing them down to minus two, but I, it's like, dude, I don't even want to bet on Aaron Rodgers anymore. Like, I, honestly, if I'm the Packers, I, I want to see what Jordan Love looks like, but technically, because of how trash the last, how trash the end of the NFC is, the playoff race, the line, like the line should be in, but they're not, Commander Shines, etc. The Packers are still in the hunt, so I think they're going to convince themselves to keep starting Aaron Rodgers instead of evaluating Jordan Love before they have to make an option on your, on his uh, fifth-year deal, which, again, I think is a mistake. Yeah, I agree with all of that. It's maybe a teaser leg. Uh, I'm not betting. There's no reason the Packers should be laying that many points against anyone. I would imagine Aaron Donald comes back in this game if he feels like it. Um, so, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay off this one as well. I hate, I hate buying the Rams in this spot, but I feel like across a key number of seven, I've got to do it. i got to do it. It's going to be brutal. Baker Mayfield stinks. It's going to be it's going to be a nightmare. But uh, I'm going to do it. I think it's the right play. Seven and a half is just a lot for a team that's not that great in the in the Packers. Um, so yeah, I'm going to do it. Which means I'm I'm betting on a really really crappy group of quarterbacks here. Uh, Brock Purdy, um, Bill Cosby, Anthony Brown. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Daniel Jones. <laughs> Um, 
and Baker Mayfield. <laughs> so they're all going to celebrate their losses at a Cheesecake Factory. That's going to be great. Um, that was it. We will, of course, write up our favorite early uh, spread picks. We're one and one so far this week with one more to go. Uh, teaser leg, second half teaser coming on Monday night uh, football. So go check that out. It's on the PFF app and PFF.com. Arjun, Brad, appreciate you fellas. See y'all on Wednesday night. Love you.